HSS occurs when ovaries swell with fluid that eventually leak into the body. Mild OHSS happens in up to a third of all IVF cycles, while more moderate to severe OHSS happens only 3% to 8% of the time. Those that are more at risk for developing OHSS are those with PCOS or had a large number of follicles, those younger than 35, people who have had OHSS in the past, high dosage of medication during stims, and those with a low BMI. Because a lot is going on with your body during IVF, it can be hard to tell if something's wrong versus just uncomfortable and normal side effects. But it's important to know the signs and to reach out to your doctor when you feel as though something may be off. Symptoms of mild OHSS include mild to moderate abdominal pain, bleeding, bloating, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, discomfort near your ovaries, and an increase in your waist measurement. Those with severe OHSS develop notable weight gain, severe abdominal pain, severe nausea, vomiting, decreased urine output, difficulty breathing, and very, very rarely can OHSS cause death. OHSS is very uncomfortable and not something you want to play around with. So my doctor told me to grab a lot of Gatorade and to increase my salt intake severely. Like she wanted me adding salt to my potato chips and drinking a Gatorade every hour. She also wanted to see me first thing that next morning. I don't love the taste of Gatorade because of both being sick as a kid and my parents giving it to me and then throwing it up or from being hungover and trying to drink it and then throwing up. Either way, I don't like the taste of Gatorade. So being nauseous already and then forcing myself to drink it was horrible. But I knew it was the only way to help and um, it was going to help my discomfort in the long run. So I just forced myself to drink it. The next morning at my appointment, she confirmed my OHSS and that it was severe. Your ovaries should be between a grape and a walnut in size. Mine were the sizes of large grapefruits. They were very swollen and painful. I had to continue getting monitored by my doctor to see if my ovaries were shrinking. The salt intake and the electrolyte sports drinks are supposed to help with that. I was told to relax as much as I could, take it easy, and just heal. One day, I was walking through my kitchen when I heard my phone ding. It was my email. I opened it up and it was the next lab update on the embryos. When I read it, my heart began racing and I instantly hit the floor. I don't know if my legs gave out or if I wanted to sit on the floor or what, but I just know my knees hit my hardwood floors with a smack. My phone flew out of my hand. I started hysterically crying. I couldn't breathe. I was having a panic attack. Thinking about it now makes my heart race. I have anxiety, so I've had many panic attacks before involving difficulty breathing and passing out. My husband was in the next room on his computer working. He ran over to me when he heard me crying and he was trying to figure out what was going on and to calm me down. I tried getting out the words to him of what I had just read, but he 
couldn't understand me. Out of the 13 retrieved, 11 fertilized, and 10 matured, all of the embryos died except one. After everything I had gone through, I had got one embryo. At 25 years old, I had only gotten one embryo. I was devastated. I kept trying to use the wall to stand up and I just couldn't get up. At some point, I was able to relay the news to him and get back up. But I had felt like all hope was lost. I wasn't having kids. For someone with a history of miscarriages and possible issues with implantation of the embryo, I needed a decent amount of embryos to have frozen in the event that my transfers were not successful. The transfer success rate is different for everyone, but it's about an average of 50% chance of success. That's scary as hell. To encourage each other, we tell each other in the IVF community, it only takes one. And for some people, it may only take one, but I was not okay with one embryo being my reality. In the slim chance that it comes back as a normal embryo from the genetic testing we opted for, plus it implants and the transfer works, plus I don't miscarry, I'd be super thankful to have my child. But I may never be able to have another. I would still be taking a loss of not being able to have more kids, even in my best case scenario. I wish I could have responded in a philosophical perspective about Mother Nature and Destiny and God's plan and that it will all be okay, it will all work out. But that's not how it went down. I cried, I blamed myself and my body. I felt angry and jealous towards those that are much older than me, but getting 30 plus eggs. That same day that I'm feeling all of these emotions and tears are leaking out of me like they only have a handful of times before in my life. I went on social media. I made that mistake and thought scrolling would take my mind off of myself. Instead, I see pregnancy announcements and bump pictures, things that would normally make me happy for others and happy for my future. But instead, this time, I didn't think happy thoughts. I thought, how dare you? How dare you parade around like a little show pony with your cute little bump while others are struggling? How dare you announce your pregnancy at eight weeks? When others could never do that because they miscarry so often before the 14th week mark. I'd never wish bad on someone or their pregnancy no matter how dark my thoughts get. I wouldn't wish infertility on my worst enemies. When I complain, I want you guys to know it's not me wishing others bad. It's me wishing me good. Wishing that I could be as lucky as them. I don't want people to know what I feel like. I want to know what they feel like. 
yeah, sometimes I get pissed off in moments of darkness, but I'm pumped full of hormones. I have the the symptoms of pregnancy, but with no baby. And I had just found out that a year after starting my journey of trying to conceive, months of lifestyle changes, months of invasive tests and procedures, nerve damage, all of it had amounted to one embryo. I allowed myself to sit in my despair and pity. The following day, I had to be monitored for my OHSS. Upon arriving at my doctor's, I found out that I actually had two embryos, not one. One was a day five embryo and one was a day six embryo and they were supposed to email me about the day five and day six. I only got one email about the day five. It made me breathe a sigh of relief that I had two instead of one. But I was still upset that at my age I only had two embryos for the rest of my life and those were not good odds still. And we were still awaiting the results of the genetic screening on the embryos to see if they were normal, abnormal, or mosaic. Time goes by, I continue to heal from my OHSS. One morning I get a call from my doctor. She wants to let me know that she got my results back from my embryos genetic testing. I took a deep breath and held it, waiting for her to tell me the news. She told me they were both normal, and I let my breath out and asked her, Are you serious? And she said, Yes, yes, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. They're both normal. I'll see you in the office soon, and we'll talk more then. I just had to call you as soon as I found out and let you know. I'm so happy for you. On my next appointment, they asked me if I wanted to know the sexes of the embryos, and I said yes. They told me I have one boy and one girl, and they're both good quality. That made me excited to have one of each, and it also made me excited that they were good quality. Never in a million years did I think both of the embryos would come back as normal. Then we discussed that two embryos are not great odds in my situation, and what our next steps should be had talked it through and planned for a second retrieval. My doctor said that I could be squeezed in for another retrieval before my insurance expired in December. All I had to do was wait for my next period to arrive and then I could get scheduled for more testing, lab work, and my retrieval. After a retrieval, your period is supposed to arrive about two weeks later, so we were expecting my cycle day one to start at any moment. From there, it became a waiting game. I went weeks, then a month, with no sign of a period. After gaining a sliver of hope back with my game plan of a second retrieval, I began losing that hope again because no period meant no retrieval. Time was ticking and closing in on my available window to have my insurance partially cover my $30,000 procedure. I couldn't afford that out of pocket. Called my doctor and asked what I was supposed to do and if the OHSS might have thrown off my period because I was bleeding or if that was my period. She said I should still be expecting a period 
they continued to monitor me and they said that my progesterone levels showed that my period should come any day now but no period came I'd get more monitoring and they'd say it was coming and no period came I was insanely stressed out that my body can never do what it's meant to do it can never just cooperate and one day I finally got my period and I've never been so happy to get a period before I called the clinic and let them know immediately and they were excited and we were all kind of shocked because we did not think I would get my period in time I got my period in the nick of time I only had about three more days to get my period before I would not be able to be fit in for my retrieval I was so happy that I just made it We got my retrieval day scheduled. It would fall sometime around Christmas. Let the IVF injections begin, round two.